The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We give voice to those who challenge a prevailing sentiment in global financial markets. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests were not compensated for their appearance, nor do they supply payment in order to appear. Individuals on this podcast may hold positions in the securities that are discussed. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. This podcast episode may have ads and the occasional announcement. To listen without ads or announcements and take advantage of a host of other benefits, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Prices start at $9 per month. Visit the website contrarian.supercast.tech. That's T-E-C-H for more information. Now, here's your host, Mr. Nathaniel E. Baker. Special Advisory. The episode you are about to listen to contains some mature language. Parental discretion is advised. If you are upset by mature or explicit language, I suggest you perhaps not listen to this episode. This episode was first recorded on Thursday, December 2nd, and it was made available to premium subscribers that same day. To become a premium subscriber, you can go to the website contrarian.supercast.tech or contrarianpod.substack.com and you will get future episodes the same day they are recorded. There are a host of other benefits as well. For example, you don't have to listen to these annoying ads or announcements and there's a bunch of other benefits like I said chief among them the daily podcast which is posted every morning at seven o'clock so to take advantage go to the website contrarian.supercast.tech or contrarianpod.substack.com same price at both sites finally last point is that these prices will go up on january 1st so they are reduced at a pre-inflation level, but inflation has taken hold, as we all know. It's no longer transitory. The Fed is not using that word anymore, and neither am I. So take advantage now, because as of Jan 1, 2022, prices will increase. Now, here we go with the episode. Enrique Abeta, welcome back to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. Great to have you here. It's been a eventful couple of months years. The last time you were on was in the summer of 2020. Uh-huh. And you a told us a little, yeah, which actually does not seem as long ago as it maybe should. But you uh, told us at the time that we the market could be setting up for a big rally as COVID restrictions kind of came off a little bit. And well, so- I'll, I'll actually say something different. I 
felt at the time that COVID would burn itself out much quicker than everyone thought. Right. And I was totally fucking wrong. <laughs> Let me start with that. I was very, oh, okay. very wrong. Thank God I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, there were no consequences of that. But I had views on the market where I thought that the market was in a great position. Frankly, I thought the market was in a great position regardless of whether COVID burned itself out. So I got one epidemiological, or however the hell you say that prediction very wrong, but the ones that count that involve money, I got got very right. So Exactly. (laughs) And for our purposes, we only really count about, uh, we only care about those because it's almost impossible to predict what, for especially for us, to predict what's going to happen with with viruses yeah. and, and policy and such. But anyway, you have here a couple of of other uh, of new views that I re- that I wanted to discuss with you, and which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. And speaking of COVID, you have some some views here on the latest Omicron. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I think so too. Although actually, nobody knows because it's an ancient Greek letter and. Back when the Asian Greeks were recording these things, there was nobody around to yeah. record it. So there's that. You have some views on also on inflation, uh-huh. gold, and the metaverse. So yeah. I want to take these one at a time. Let's start with the one that's been in the news, which is Omicron and this latest development here, which has roiled markets. Although today, as we record this on whatever today is, Thursday, December 2nd, markets staged a big rally and I'm not yeah. entirely sure why, but anyway, go no, ahead. But 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 let's let, let's first off before we go into Omicron, the market didn't go down because of Omicron, and it didn't go okay. down because of what what Jay Powell said. The market went down because we had gone 40, 50 days with volatility following constantly, and the market just like grinding higher and higher. And so you know any short was a bad short. The market did nothing but go up. People begin to put on Texas hedges, which is where you go long the stock and finance it by shorting puts. And you know you had 50 days of a one-way market. And when you have 50 days of a one-way market, people just add more, especially with volatility dropping, people add more and more risk um, because that's what they do. And so to me, what the market was, was like a rubber band that was stretched like this. So I don't care whether it was China saying something about Taiwan, a new variant, you know, Biden, I don't know, freaking, you know, passing out on TV, whatever, although the market might rally on that. Oh, it didn't matter. It, the, the, the reason is not the reason. The reason the market snapped back or, or did what it did is because it was a taut rubber band that had gone up 50 days. So I kind of don't fucking care about Omicron, you know, like, so I, I don't think that was the issue. Now, when it comes to the viruses, guess what? We've had variants. We've gotten through the variants. The vaccines have worked on every variant so far. We've got plenty of treatments. The treatments have worked on every every variant so far. And the reason is, and I always had an issue with this, is there's this like this view that like every time there's a new coronavirus, it's like this entire alien species that's come to the fucking planet. No, it's a fucking coronavirus. We've dealt with them for years and years. That's why when you look at the fact that we have the vaccines that we do and the treatments that we do, and we've done it so quick, again, it's not like each variant is some alien fucking dropping from space that we've never seen. So, you know, mathematically, empirically, let me state this. We've had multiple variants so far. Fact. Fact is vaccines have been very effective against all variants. Fact. Fact is treatments have been successful against all variants. Fact. Fact is all variants are still coronaviruses. Facts. So before we get into, so first off, I don't give a shit about the the COVID Omicron for the market. It wasn't an issue. Second, if I move away from like, oh my God, this could happen and that could happen. Maybe this will kill everyone on the fucking planet. 
Like, let's just go to things that we know empirically have been true so far. So I don't think Omicron's a big deal. Even if it is a big deal, it's not a big deal. Even if worst case scenario, that, you know, it is not treatable as well by the vaccines and, you know, um, and, and, and treatments, you know, even COVID at this point, like, I mean, I hate to go, go here, but like we've, I, I don't want to use the word call, but call is probably a good word. We've called a lot of vulnerable fucking people in the world, right? There's a lot less to, less to happen from here. So, you know, I just, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a straw man or a straw virus. Uh, and I think it's more likely okay. that the market snaps right back as opposed to anything else. And indeed, that seems to be transpiring. All right, well, that's interesting. Interesting views. Now, what about inflation? I mean, this is the easiest one ever, okay? So over here, I got a bunch of talking fucking heads. Over here, I have the most liquid securities market on earth, the US government bond market. This group of people who gets lots of traffic when they yap about how the world is ending, love to talk about inflation. This asset, the most liquid asset on earth, is indicating that inflation is not an issue. So let's go back to my, I, I like my COVID example, because on one side, I got a bunch of fucking yappers, and on the other side, I have empirical data. The thing about inflation is I have the same thing. So first off, I'm going to go with the bond market over a bunch of talking heads. Let's go a little bit deeper, though. Why don't you do the two-year stack of inflation as opposed to the one-year stack, right? Mm. Because we had something that happened that never, ever had happened before. The whole fucking world shut down. Guess what happened? Inflation plummeted. So guess what happens when I do the two-year stack? Inflation looks pretty good. The second is if you look at the demand for goods, the demand for goods is not materially higher than the demand for goods in 2019. So the issue is not that we're printing money and therefore people are going out and buying fucking cars and, and you know bacon. The issue is that the demand for goods returned to steady state, but the supply chains, which are predicated on just-in-time manufacturing, and oh, guess what? They're predicated on tractors and trailers and ships that all shut the fuck down for a year. Those supply chains take longer to come on back on board. And I use the example, the rental car industry is a perfect example, right? Is they had 40,000 cars at, a, at, a, given, at a, given, a given rental car company, and then all of a sudden they had zero demand, and they basically went bankrupt. So they run down their fleet, and now when the demand comes back, A, they don't have the capital, B, they're gun shy, C, they're getting pricing. So what do they do? They take their fucking time. So to me, I, I, I look. And maybe I'll, I, I don't mind getting egg on my face. Apparently, I was wrong about the COVID thing. This one's much easier for me, though. I'll go with the bond market, the two-year stack, and, and basic economics. This was an anomaly. This is not true. But now, there is significant inflation in asset prices. People are taking these dollars, and they are buying stonks and crypto and art and all that other stuff. But that's a very different type of inflation than inflation in the real economy. In 1999, we had asset inflation and we didn't have real inflation. I think by the time where there's a, I, I'll go so far to say, I think there's a chance that in 2022, we don't see a single fucking rate hike. Really? Yeah. Okay. But, but let me give you, let's go empirically too. Like every time they've given, they've given a chance to not cut rates or sorry, to not raise rates, they don't, they're not raising rates. Why? Because I think it's politically expedient. You have people believing in MMT, you know, all this stuff. So I, give me the over under on rate, rate hikes in 2022. I'm going to go with zero rate hikes. Really? And so now, if we get that, that's way out of consensus. But politically, that seems to be where we've been leaning. I mean, again, let's instead of speculating 
on actions that people are going to take. Let's look at their actual fucking actions. Mm. And all they've done is cut, 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 you know, and keep rates down. That's where that's where the political momentum is. And the Fed, without a doubt, is swayed by political momentum. So, of course. But they they did raise rates the last cycle of leading up to 2018, remember, then Powell made his famous pivot. So it's not like they didn't raise rates at all. Well, they look, I, I think I think they could raise rates, but I think we, we got a long ways to go. First off, as long as there's variance, they're not going to raise rates. You know, I, I, I look, they could. But I, I but let's get back to the thing. I, I had a buddy of mine say this the other day. It's like now there's the perception they're going to raise by 25 basis points in fucking July and the market sells off four percent. Who gives a fuck about 25 basis points? This is even with the bond. Like I pull up the, 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 the chart of the 10-year. You know, one, one argument would be like, oh, the, the yield is double. My argument is, well, we've gone from 67 basis points to 142 basis points. Who fucking cares? Right. You know, talk, call me when it's at three and a half, four. Yeah. And even then, three and a half, four, I got to tell you, who fucking cares? So again, I, I don't, I'm hesitant to extrapolate short-term movements and momentum to longer term movements in the economy. I'll give you one last thing. I posted this to Twitter and anyone listening to this, if you don't follow me on Twitter, Enrique, at Enrique Beta, the VIX on Friday, uh, a week ago tomorrow, spiked 54%, okay? It was the fourth largest ever spike in the VIX. I posted a chart of the 10 largest spikes in the VIX. The market a year later was up nine out of the 10. Actually hmm. of the 20, I wanna say it was up 19 out of the 20. It was up an average of 11% across the 20 and 18% on the top 10. The reason is the VIX spikes like that during bull markets, not bear markets, okay? Bull markets because everyone's expecting the world to be kind of low vol, and then they get surprised and it goes to the roof. In a bear market, everyone kind of has more reasonable expectations about volatility. So, you know, I, 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 I want the VIX to go up 100%, dude. That would have been the, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, this buy signal is just as good. But yeah, I think people on inflation, I just, I, I couldn't see them being more wrong. Okay. But apples to apples on the VIX, though. I mean, the VIX was so low that a percentage point of four, whatever it was, points, you know, it's one of these things where it was, it was sold off so much that any, any jump would have been big one percentage wise. I mean, the VIX, the VIX I mean, I'll, I'll pull up a five year chart of the VIX. The VIX is still elevated. Huh. You say the VIX is so low. Hold on one second. Well, it was. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The VIX was higher on Friday than it almost any extended period since 2011. In really? 2013, 2013, it averaged 12. 2014, it averaged 12. 2015, it averaged 12. 2016, it averaged 12. 2017, it averaged 10 or 11. 2018, hmm. it averaged 11. 2019, you started to pick up. It got to 13. And this year, it's averaged closer to 15, 16. So wow. okay. on a historical basis, the VIX was 40% higher than it had been for the previous decade. Fair enough. All right. You know. Okay. All right, cool. So basically, so the bull market's going on. Now, Powell and others have made some comments this week about the rate hikes. And, and they said so far, they're not saying they're going to back off of them. Now, they have reversed course before. So you expect that's going to be what they're going to happen again here? You know, look, talk is cheap, mm. um, <laughs> you know. So uh, I think it, it's expedient for them to talk about it, um, you know, and it also gives them the option. And look, sometimes you talk about reflexivity, sometimes talking about it means you don't have to do it. Um, but, but we'll see. I think what, what I actually think they think, I, don't, I, I think he's full of shit. I think he thinks inflation is transitory. And mm -hmm. I think he wants to say this because, you know, everyone's getting pressure. And, but when push comes to shove and inflation kind of goes back to its, its trend, 
which by the way, if you do the two-year stack, inflation is on its trend, you know, they're going to be very, very, um, how would I say this? Not cautious, but I don't think we're going to see big movements in, in rate hikes. Yeah, there could be one, two, could be zero, you know, mm. something like that. Okay. What do you make of the argument that Powell is kind of being held out here as a sacrificial lamb by the Biden administration, that the only reason they renominated him or reappointed him is to be the fall guy when he does raise rates and the market falls off a cliff after the midterm? I, 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 the Biden administration is as good at playing politics as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were at playing football in the 70s and 80s. Their political instincts are fucking terrible. They are <laughs> they they took a gift and they are literally like running. It's like watching the fucking Titanic and they're looking at the iceberg and the captain said, hey, maybe if we go fast enough, we can go right through the iceberg, okay? <laughs> the only people that are worse at politics right now is fucking Erdogan in Turkey, uh, who he's decided to put jetpacks on the back of the Titanic. So I, I don't give a yeah. fuck what they're doing. Their, their instincts are terrible, which gets to my point, what they're doing, they're putting him for the fall guy. He maybe doesn't raise rates and the market goes through the fucking roof. Now, to a certain extent, that's better for them, right? If the yeah. market goes, if inflation falls and, the mar- and, and rates go, if inflation falls, rates don't go up and the market goes through the roof, it's good for the Biden administration. But yeah. I don't, who gives a fuck what they think? They're morons. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Wow. Okay, cool. And so and I, empirically, empirically, mm-hmm. they're morons. Like every single step. They fucked it up. So, yeah. like, you know, again, I go, I go to the proof. What about gold? Where does that leave gold? Look, so so if everyone in the fucking world is worried about inflation, then mm. why is gold? Hold on, I'm pulling up a chart. So gold, lo and behold, the best inflation hedge in the history of mankind is down 10% year to date. Year to date, but what is it since we started talking about inflation? We started talking about inflation earlier this year. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember exactly when. Uh, Probably the middle of the year. So gold, the best inflation hedge of all time is down 10% and we're in the most inflationary environment. That's actually factual. Short-term inflationary environment in 25 years, 30 years, 40 years. So I just think gold, gold is worthless. Mm -hmm. First off. Okay. Um, 7% of the gold outstanding or 8% is used for industrial uses. If we took all the gold that's in existence and took industrial demand, we have over 300 years of demand. So mm-hmm. gold is only worth anything because people think it's worth something. A bunch of old people and Indians think gold is worth something. A bunch of young people and Indians think it's not worth anything because they'd rather buy fucking Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So I think you have a generational challenge, which I think is already evidencing itself in the price performance of gold. I've got, I've got the initial green shoots or black shoots here with gold is Gold is worthless. It's fucking pointless. It's only worth something because we all decided it was worth something. But now we have a generational shift where the next generation does not believe gold is worth anything. They believe in digital currencies. They believe in Bitcoin. So as we shift demographics, what's going to happen? Guess what happens to all the people who love gold? They fucking die because they're old. Guess what happens to all the people who love Bitcoin? They're younger. They're going to be around to buy it. And I do not, Mm. even if Bitcoin crashes, I don't think that all these 34-year-old crypto millionaires who might become crypto, you know, 100,000 heirs, it's not like they're going to go out and be buying gold. They're going to buy real estate. Gold is dead. I think that, you know, in the next five to 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised to see it get cut in half. Um, you know, you'll have these dying throws of like banks, central banks being like, you know, but they're, they're going to be the freaking bag holder. So central bank, you know, because again, government, so, so someone says this, they go, they go, well, the central banks will buy it. So I was like, okay. 
So the governments are going to trade the markets better than the market participants because you just told me that governments are going to be the buyer of gold. And I'm well now they that as a- if they have hey if they can trade off inside information then they can do quite all right. So don't forget that with that part exactly. But what's the inside information in gold? So I mean, to well, me, right. the, the the dumbest money at the table is the fucking government. So if your bull case is central banks will buy gold as all of the the, the real people sell it, I mean that's a bag holder to me. So yeah, I wouldn't touch gold right. with a 10-foot pole. But how come that hasn't happened? I mean, that, that argument could have been repeated thousands of years ago. I mean, gold has been around well, for thousands of we, years. We didn't have we didn't have Bitcoin and we didn't have digital and we didn't have any of this. No, but we had internet, we had real estate, we had timber, we had farmland, we had all kinds you can't, of other you can't, things. you can't trade any of those the way you can Bitcoin or any of the cryptos. All right. So you like Bitcoin? You like cryptos? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of uh, th- that's that's a much more expansive conversation on okay, what we like in crypto that. and why why we like crypto. But my point is, my point is, as a liquid store of value, this mm. is the first time that you've had material competition to gold, other than uh, you know with scarcity value, right? Because currency doesn't have scarcity value. Currency, right. they can just print more. So you know, but that's going to be the funny thing is the governments are going to print more dollars to go out and buy the gold. Well, that sounds like a Friggin' Ponzi scheme to me. Like, um, but yeah, first time it's ever had competition. And young people don't give a shit about gold, dude. Like, I talk to our, we have our business hard money. I mean, our demographics, our, our average, uh, our average uh, um, uh, audience members, like 32 years old. You know, gold's for old people and old people die. Trust me, I'm right in the all middle. Right. So, all right. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder because my demographic is a little higher than that, but not all that much. So, I'm, I'm wondering what they think about gold. Um, there are some gold bugs still out there, but to your point, they probably so are. I'm, I, I'll tell you what they, well, you're probably the same age as me. I'm 49 years old. Maybe you're younger. Yeah, you're exactly. younger. Yeah, um, exactly. Here's what they think. They look at a chart of every crypto that's up 100%. And they look at a chart that gold, sta- gold is down 10%. Okay. That'll build on itself, right? Yeah, again, if it continues. Yeah. yeah, give me the bull case on gold, bro. Because if it's inflation, I don't get it. Like, well, I guess work. the bold case is that it's held up over thousands of years when you compare it to, to, to fiat currencies, I guess. Okay, and, and it's been terrible against actually investing in productive assets like companies. Correct, correct. Okay, so I mean, so it's the best of the, I mean, so it's better than the worst asset ever, infinite printing fiat currency, right. and it's worse than every other single asset in existence. Well, I mean, character. some companies go out of business, you know. No, like but stocks not... as a whole. Stocks oh, have no. outperformed gold. Bonds have outperformed gold. Real estate's outperformed gold. Practically, you know, and I couldn't go into individual commodities. I mean, that's a, that's a different thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's just. Well, I, it depends on what period, right? Like if you look at, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the period, what period you're talking about, um, then there are, well, you could do that for anything. But, but, but those, again, that's also backwards looking. Young people give a shit sure. about gold. They're never going to give a shit about gold. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I want to take a quick break and then I want to come back and ask you about the metaverse. So don't go anywhere. If you're a premium subscriber, you will not get the break. Don't touch the dial. To become a premium subscriber, you can go to the website contrarianpod.substack.com and sign up. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast where we give voice to those who challenge a prevailing narrative in global financial markets. Consider becoming a premium subscriber. For $9 a month or less, premium subscribers receive a number of benefits. Podcasts are posted immediately after they're recorded. Transcripts are made available within 24 hours. 
premium subscribers get direct access to the host and access to private channels on our Discord server. They also get generous discounts to our virtual conferences and other services. And of course, there are no ads or interruptions. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. That's contrarian.supercast.tech. Welcome back here, Enrique Beta. Uh, thanks again for joining the Contrarian Investor Podcast. Now, this is normally where we talk about your personal background, but we covered that last time. People can go back and listen to that if they want. And instead, I want to ask you about something. We've talked about things that you dislike and certain narratives that you aren't buying. But now I want to talk about something that you're excited about and that you are buying, and that is the metaverse. So tell me about that. Well, you know, it's funny. Being a what does the metaverse mean? I think the metaverse means people living portions of their life in the digital realm. Okay. And the digital realm is the metaverse. And we could get into details about what it'll look like and all that. But the funny thing is being a Wall Street guy, I lived in the metaverse for 25 years. You know, as a Wall Street person, what did you do? Well, I sat in front of a bunch of Bloomberg screens trading, by the way, securities which are basically unique electronic codes kept on digital clearing houses. That sounds a lot like NFTs on the blockchain, right? Except I was buying 100,000 you know, 100, shares of Amazon. So the funny thing is, Wall Street people of, anyone should, uh, of any people should be very accustomed to the metaverse because we didn't live our entire lives in the metaverse. I think what's so fascinating is you know, my propositions are this. People spend money where they spend their time. We're spending more and more time in the metaverse. My kid spends three hours a day playing Minecraft and Roblox. And we actually promote that because I think that that's where the puck is going. And he wants to be a professional gamer. But if he's not a professional gamer, like his ability, he's a coding. He's eight years old. He's been coding for three years. You know, So the kids are spending two to five hours a day. Not to mention that, guess what? Tinder is the friggin' metaverse. Instagram is the friggin' metaverse. It's, it's all the digital world. The other thing that's happened, you know, and you and I on this call two years ago, we never would have done a Zoom video. Think of the amount of 65-year-olds that in the last 12 months have spent a hundred, uh, have spent a thousand hours doing video calls. If I would have told you that in, in late 2019, you would have said, I'm fucking insane. So, you know, I think that it's sitting there staring in, in front of us. And so, you know, the idea that we would use a digital avatar, you know, to do a meeting and go through things. People are like, no, I'd never do that. But, you know, do you remember whether the idea that you needed a phone that you could carry around with you was like really foreign and that that phone might have email and God forbid that phone had Internet? I bet you if I talked to, you know, a thousand people in 1999 or well, 1989 and said, hey, do you need a phone that has full internet? They don't even know what the internet is, but basically has access to all these things. They've been like, you're fucking high. Who the hell needs that? We don't need that in our lives. But now you can't, you can't get, away from, get away from it. So, you know, look, the metaverse is coming. Uh, we already live in it. It's like the matrix. We don't even understand that we live in it. And, you know, I, I kind of joke that real estate in Costa Rica is a lot less valuable if you don't live in Costa Rica, right? I mean, it still has value, but like if you can't use it, but if you're spending 10 hours a day in the metaverse, Guess what? Digital assets have value because that's where you're spending your time. Your, your time is actually your most valuable commodity, you know? And mm. so I think that a lot of older people don't understand it. I think that we are in internet 1.0 of the metaverse, which means there's going to be a lot of bullshit that gets hyped up that goes to zero. 
but I feel the same way about the metaverse as I did the internet in 1996. Meaning right. I think that when we look back in 30, 25 years, the fact that anyone denied that we would be living a, a very large amount of our lives in the metaverse and that metaverse real estate has value We'll just be like, what do you mean metaverse real estate didn't have value? You guys are insane. Like, you know, that, I, I think that could happen. Now, actually, when you ask me, though. Sick of me yet? Become a premium subscriber and avoid all ads or interruptions. Other benefits as well. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. The thing I was talking about specifically was actually meta, the stock, Facebook. Oh, I see. I okay. think. I think that, and this is where I think it's amazing. I think Meta's the next $2 trillion company and actually has a chance to be the next $5 trillion company before Apple or before Google. Because what Zuckerberg has done, he has 10,000 people working on the metaverse right now, according to, to what they said. Now, first off, the fact that he has 10,000 people, high value people working on an initiative and they're still beating their numbers, holy fuck, like, I, I, that, that's amazing. That speaks to the strength of the business. But I think he, he believes that. And I think that when we look back in five years, I, I, I think that uh, Facebook will be like a cable channel. Like, it'll be like, oh, do you remember, Meta, do you remember it started as Facebook? Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Like, that used to be the whole thing. That was the only thing they did. And it, it, Facebook's just going to be a, an application in terms of what, what they do, because he's putting the most dollars behind it. And I think he's ahead of the curve. So look, I think there's some very interesting companies. I think Roblox has a legitimate uh, metaverse. I think that Unity does some really interesting software uh, on the private side. You know, I think Niantic uh, is a very interesting company. These are the people who do Pokemon Go. Um, but I actually think Meta, I, I look, I, I think he's brilliant with what he's doing. I also don't think he's mm. fucking Satan. I think he's a nice Jewish kid from fucking Westchester who is like treated terribly. Um, but is he uh, from I, California? I'm, no, he's from Westchester. Yeah, his dad was my my wife. My, my actually, my father in law's upstairs. His dad was my father in law's dentist. Yeah, he's from friggin' White Plains or whatever. Um, oh, really? Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting which town he's from wrong, okay. so don't you know? But anyways, yeah, I think the metaverse is very real. Yeah, I well, think somewhere it's in Westchester. Yeah, but but Meta itself, I think what he's doing is brilliant, and I think it's got a chance to make it the most valuable company in the world. Let's talk through this concept a little bit of of, of Meta and. I, I know it a little bit. I mean, I guess White what Plains, I know is... by the way, I, I got it right. He's from White Plains. <laughs> well, he is from White Plains. I, yeah, okay. I impressed myself. I was like, I, I, I thought he was from one of the larger towns. I just Googled, where is he from? He's from White Plains. So anyways. Anyway, sorry. so the metaverse. So, so what it is, it's basically this digital realm. It's like, like there was this, I mean, it, again, this isn't new. Like there's this thing called Second Life. I don't know if it still exists. Yeah, but there were... but, but so you're, you're thinking about the metaverse all wrong, okay? Uh-huh. Think about the metaverse as your digital life. Yeah. Okay. So right now, your digital life is somewhat one-dimensional, right? You've got bank accounts and and you know, like you've got all these accounts and things like that. But increasingly, um, your digital life will feel more two and three-dimensional, right? So at some point, maybe you and I will be doing some version of this call where we have avatars that are sitting in a conference room, you know, because I'll, I'll tell you, it might be more interesting to watch the two of us sitting at, a, at, at some, some interesting spot having this conversation. Think about things like, you know, uh, CAD design and how we could sit and do a meeting where we could have the three or four of us as avatars going through the CAD design of a, of a, of a, of a house or something like that. Think about the involvement in ga gaming. I mean, you know, again, mm -hmm. 
like think about the video gaming is really the key to this um you know because you're, you're doing all these actions i mean and think of the thousands and thousands of hours billions of hours that people spend on video gaming okay and, and by the way that's not a wealthy thing poor people video game too man yeah. like you know you know so i i think that you you don't don't get caught up on the metaverse is second life and i'm going to have this avatar that walks around and goes to this house you're already in the metaverse bro we're kind mm -hmm. of in the metaverse right here on this fucking zoom call um you've already got metaverse profiles you've already got all this other stuff i just think what's going to happen and, and there's applications you know it's like the internet though is like I, I i all the things that we've done on the internet i don't know that they were were um uh we didn't know what they were in 96 like mm -hmm. like fucking like fucking paypal no one mm -hmm. thought of PayPal in 96. I mean, maybe PayPal was founded in 96. But, you know, so I just think it's it's representative of our digital lives and a fuller, more robust view of our digital lives and how we're, how we're going to live it. But mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, don't be surprised in 10 years when you're having a metaverse call with, with people, with avatars, and, and actually may go to a metaverse party or, or gaming becomes a regular part of your life in some way that may not be gaming related, you know, all, mm -hmm. of, all of these things um mm -hmm. all right i'm just trying to picture i mean i wonder though i mean why do we need avatars though i mean partly because i mean wouldn't it doesn't we... have to be well uh -huh. i mean partially because i think human beings react to other human beings i mean yeah no no but why would it be anything other than ourselves like why would we choose like well, some... yeah, because I, because I, I do think that human beings react to a set of, of um, a version of humans like or sorry a, a, another character as opposed to a shapeless formless voice Oh sure, yeah, but wouldn't it just okay. be a picture like a hologram of us, like you know? That's it could that's be whatever you want, dude. In but, Star but Wars, wants, where they have but, the no, Jedi. But, but, but who, who fuck wants to be themselves? I want to be ten foot tall with fucking green horns, bro. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I this is, so so. I swear to God, I swear to God, no something. Watch Ready Player One. I did. Right? I saw the first the opening sequence, and it kind of lost. No, me. you should seemed... watch the whole movie. No, right. you should watch the whole movie because I'll tell you. You know who? You know what? What Mark Zuckerberg's favorite movie is? It's Ready Player One. Okay. So if you want to see what's coming, watch Ready Player One. Okay. You know? Okay. Because I, I and look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go really weird, creepy place. Honestly, think of sex. Okay. I well, there, there, there's gonna be there are gonna be suits that we will have that you then could go into the metaverse and have a full sexual experience that sensorily will be the equivalent of having sex. Do you know how big that market is? That it's is massive. trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. What if, and I know I'm, I sound creepy here, you're married, but you go, hey, like I'm gonna have sex in the metaverse. Your wife's like, okay, sure. Like, I mean, you're not screwing around on me, I guess. And you're sitting there in the suit and you're fully engaged in it and you're getting off. Like but I, I go all the way over there though because it's I I, I don't want, I'm not trying to get inappropriate but it's no, no. the 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 furthest level of human experience and desire so all of a sudden I say that to you and you're like holy shit like that market alone could be trillions and trillions of dollars whoever whoever creates the metaverse brothel with bodysuit experience is sitting on a trillion dollar business. In fact, I may just quit yeah. everything I'm doing and go work on that. So, so, but I give you something like that, which is on the far end of the curve. That's like, you know, that's the most extreme, uh, which is also very realistic. Everything else lives in between. So, you know, but again, I, I, I'm not, if, if you and I sat in 1992 trying to predict what the fucking internet was going to do, well, you know, that was, I, I, it's done a million things that I never, never would have thought of. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that the metaverse, this, this, more robust digital life you know because remember human beings are physical 
but we actually live in our brains, right? Our actual experience happens in our minds, you know, not, not there's physical and there's mental, but as much of our world is mental, if not more than the physical. So your mental can live in the digital realm. I know this is sounding like some Isaac Asimov shit and stuff like that, but, but I'm telling you, like, you know, this, this stuff's coming. And I think when people go back, they'll pull up this podcast in 10 years, they'll be like, holy shit. Like, I, and I don't know exactly how it plays out. Although I think my sex suit works out pretty well. I should get on that one, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, to your <laughs> point, I mean, sex and pornography have kind of been driving forces behind technology. If you look at, you know, VHS and, and things like that. And, and so, video games, because take that same suit. And, so the, I, I'm pulling this straight from Ready Player One, actually. Uh-huh. Take a suit. Imagine if you had a suit and you're playing video games. And when you get hit, you feel pressure, right? Yeah. Like a full body yeah. suit. But you could have sex in it. You know, and, and maybe at some point, hold on, hold on. At some point, that suit may be able to tack into your uh, senses enough that you could have a meal and feel like you're eating the full. This is fully possible where you could have the, the biggest meal in the world and you would get the sense that you're eating a giant banana split, even though you're not eating it at all. That is that is biologically possible. Okay. Okay. So 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 now. Like we've just like, we've got video games, we've got sex, we've got food, you know, these are like, I'm, I, I know I'm going out there, but like this, these things can happen. Mm. You know, the, the sex one's easy, the video games, so they, the culinary one, you know, but that's, that's something I think they can tap into our brain and cause those senses of, of taste, et cetera. I think something like that'll come. You'll have a chip here or something, you know, that, ca- that, that causes the nerves to fire. And, uh, you know, mm. yeah, and, and that's a perfect example. Now I can have sex with whoever I want. I can eat whatever I want and I can go kill a bunch of people. Mm. That feeds that's into all good. of our, those, those literally are primal urges. Or Those are three primal urges and I can go do it in, in an hour and not have any consequences. Mm. Very cool. And you do think that meta slash Facebook is on the leading edge of this? I, so. I, I mean, they got a lot of smart people. They're spending more money than anyone else. So, you know, look, I, I guess AOL was on the leading edge of, of the internet too. Mm. Um, but that one's a little different. I, I don't think AOL, AOL was fundamentally, how would I say this? AOL was more in the right place in the right time mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like a real technology company. You know, there was really very little technology involved. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I, and you know, it's so funny. People are like, well, he's just changing the name. So people get away from the bad publicity about Facebook. I also think he kind of could give a fuck about it. The only thing that bothers him about the bad publicity of Facebook, he's actually a very sensitive guy. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's actually like personally feels very misunderstood. Like he's like, I'm trying here guys. And no matter what I do, you, you, you'll rip me a new one. But I think this meta thing has nothing to do with that. I think the meta thing he goes, he sees what I'm talking about. And says the person who controls that culinary experience, that sex suit, that video game experience that can take six, seven, eight hours of your time in a holistic fashion basically owns your life to a certain extent. You know, I don't mean that in a weird, creepy way, yeah, but no. like, I, I think it's a massive opportunity. And, and just right now, no one sees it. No one mm. sees it. It's, I, I, I'm sure people hear this and think I'm a crazy person, which I am, mm. but you know, mm. crazy people figure out stuff first. Yeah, no doubt. Any other, and you, you mentioned Roblox and uh, some of the other companies. What, what else, any other ones that you think are, are good bets here? No, I mean, look, I, I'll be surprised that, you know, Google doesn't have a, a seat at the table. Um, yeah, but uh, Roblox, Meta, and Unity, which is a software company, yeah. uh, the, those are the three that come to the top of my head. Um, okay. You know, like I think Google will be there. I don't really know with Apple. You know, I just don't. 
I mean, yeah, I, I think medicine slash Facebook is in the best position mm. uh, to uh, <clears throat> to do this. Now, you are going to need a lot of bandwidth to do these applications. So somebody's going to have to be laying the pipe for this. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That's always going to win, right? Like yeah. my tower companies buy 5G. Like I, I don't mm. like I've never had an issue with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the dollars, the dollar, I mean, you know, so so is is the is metaverse pornography with body suits? Is that pornography? I don't know. It's all like we don't have any humans involved, so it's just avatars. So do we destigmatize that, right? So if I'm just having virtual sex with a virtual cartoon character, where have I now? I uh, who's been taken advantage of in this situation? Because that's the whole problem with pornography. I'm very mm-hmm. for like legalized sex work and all that other stuff too. Like it's all another topic, but like so. But I, I'm just saying, like maybe for Meta, that's a huge market. I, I don't know. Um, but these are these are uh, the things interesting that are questions. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Very interesting questions. Wow, that's wild. All right, cool. Um, what else do I think is interesting? I think oil and gas could go to the moon. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I just think that like what you know what happens when you have increasing regulation, restraints on supply, and you know people look out and say eventually this is all going to end. Well, they don't invest anything in it, but mm-hmm. in the meantime. 75% of our energy still comes from oil and gas. Mm-hmm. So what happens when I constrict supply? And, and the rational thing for people who control supply is not to invest anymore and drive mm-hmm. returns, right? So we've got this quirky thing that the best returns in the history of mankind for oil and gas producers likely could come in the next 10 years, better than ever before, because there's huge disincentives, both regulatory and financial, to invest in incremental capacity. To a certain extent. Now, at some point, that 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 there will be investment. But I think it's a very interesting dynamic that I think the you know the best decade for oil and gas could be its last. You know, the best three decades for oil and gas could be its last three decades. Hmm. And then you get something else, nuclear fusion or whatever. Well, don't get me started on nukes, bro. Like, I mean, okay. I, I, the the whole climate thing is such a farce. Like, if anyone actually cared about the climate, we would have thirty times the nuclear capacity on the face of this planet. Anyone who anyone who says they are for impacting climate change and isn't pro nuke is just a goddamn liar, straight up. They're an, or they're an idiot, like you know. So um, yeah, but okay, another subject cool. for another time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very good. All right, Enrique. Uh, in closing, maybe tell people how they can. You mentioned your Twitter and how else people can find you, and I'll yeah. put this in the show notes uh, as well. Empire Financial Research is the newsletter business I run with my partner, Whitney Tilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a number of great newsletters, some that focus on trading, some that focus on growth stocks, some that focus on crypto. Um, you know, that's uh, that's a great place. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Enrique Abeda. Uh, I also have a, a, another brand called Hard Money, uh, which uh, ostensibly is a satire brand, but we're actually focused on creating a voice that can communicate with younger investors and give them honest education in a voice that they can, that doesn't talk down to them. And that actually like, you know, we believe in these young cohort of investors. We don't think they're full of shit. You know, we think they're, they're very real. Uh, and then our podcast, uh, Hard Money Million Dollar Podcast, where we're in the process of turning 10, we're trying to turn $10,000 into a million via trading. We started in February. We're at $170,000 as of earlier this week. God. So we're up We're up 17-fold since February. We only need to go up six-fold from here to get the million. What so, kind of trades did you do? I need to ask. A lot of crypto. Okay. okay. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of crypto day trading. Uh, but we've, done, we've actually done well in stocks. I mean, I, I think our stock book is up 400%. 
our NFT book is up 500% and our crypto book is up, I don't know, 1200%. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, but we're just getting started, brother. Hmm. Like, hmm. We, we got, we got six times more to go to get to very the cool. Bucks. That's amazing. So, Awesome. Well, great job with that. Um, thanks then for coming on the program and thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. And with that, we look forward to speaking to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To subscribe to this podcast, simply open your favorite podcast software and search for Contrarian Investor. Follow us on social media by searching for Contrarian Investor on Twitter and Instagram. Send us your thoughts on feedback at contrarianpod.com. We look forward to speaking to you again next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.